You're listening to Spark Hustle Flow, the podcast that teaches money pros to launch, grow, and yes, even scale your virtual financial service business. And I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and get started. Hey, 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 everyone. Pull up a chair and get comfy. Welcome to the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. This is our 16th episode and we're still going really strong. And this episode also marks the first in our next series, which is all about marketing. I so appreciate you spending time with us each and every week as we bring you some of the best and brightest business strategists, coaches, and thought leaders to help you design and implement your business strategy. On this week's episode, my very special guest is Holly Tack. Holly is a marketing strategist and copywriting genius for virtual entrepreneurs who want to grow their business, expand their client base, and be a source for good and transformation with the work that they do. She's a multiple six-figure business owner who has helped hundreds of clients get clear on their message, write better copy, and collectively generate multiple seven figures of revenue with their words. Holly is that strategist who helps you attract more clients, create more income-generating marketing plans, or attract leads for those high-ticket coaching or service-based offers. If you're struggling to get your messaging just right, or you're having a hard time figuring out how to make a real connection with your audience, then this is your episode. Be sure to grab a notebook and something to write with because Holly lays it all out for us. So let's get into this episode and learn how you too can start attracting more clients with better sales copy. Hey, Holly, how are you? Hi, I'm excited to be here. Pretty good day today. Uh I am so excited to have you with us. I think that this is going to be a really interesting conversation. And I'll be honest with you, all of our topics are are geared to our listeners, but this one hits really home, you know, hits hard home uh, for mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. So I um I have some questions that are definitely from a personal vantage point and uh and and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Me too, because I know that I my life and my business life has been transformed working with the money pro, as you'd call it, that I work with on my bookkeeping and just like payroll and stuff like that. And I just want to help your audience because I know that the work they do is really important and needed. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So why don't we start by you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do so our listeners can get to know you a little bit. Sure. So um, my name is Holly and I have been a copywriter for about five years. And I like to tell people, or I don't like to, because I usually don't think about it, but I get asked usually um, if people, you know, they wonder if I'm doing something with legal because they think copywriting with an R and no W um, when they hear the word. And so it's actually writing like with a pen to paper or a computer. I know it sounds funny, but I get that question a lot when I tell people what I do. Um, so we're talking about writing um, or we will be on this podcast. Um, and I've been doing that for about five years, but and maybe somebody in your audience will appreciate this. Before that, um, I worked in an accounting firm for seven years, I was an auditor initially, and then I went internal. Um, so I actually come from that world a little bit. One of the big four I was at for a while. Um, I just celebrated last week, at the time we're recording this, my quit anniversary. So <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, I'm stunned. I did not know that about you. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> so, so yeah, I worked at um, PwC. Awesome. Awesome. That's incredible. You know what? Everything happens for a reason. You get put together with the right people (laughs) for the, for the right reason. And Um, um, so I love a good spreadsheet and, um, I learned about that in college and then used it a lot in that job. And I love a good spreadsheet. So (laughs) so we get along on that level. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This probably totally changes all the questions that I have for you now. No, I'll try and stick to the script, but so how did, how in the world do you go from accounting or auditing to copyright? How did you become a copywriting pro? So copywriting with the W. 
Yes. <laughs> Writing. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I started to like, I wanted to be a coach. And so I started to do programs and, um, and be in like masterminds and groups and stuff like that. Um, before I quit a couple years before I quit and honestly, things were not coming together for me in the business front really. Um, and then I was just trying different things and writing along the way, like sales pages or things like that. Um, and then somebody wanted me to do their writing for them. And so <clears throat> that was my first paying client. And then it just kind of went from there. And um, over the years, I really was able to kind of quash those desires to be a coach that I kind of held on to for a long time and was sort of double dipping in like copy or VA work and trying to make things work. And then also wanting to be a coach. And I kind of released all that over the, the course of the years. And I'm just like hundred percent here to write for people right now. Um, and I am working on really like taking my skills to the next level because I took some initial courses over the first few years of copywriting. Um, but I honestly haven't in a year or two. And so I look forward to getting a certification in the next three months to just like really take things up a notch. Um, but it just kind of happened organically. And I think that's cool. <laughs> I think that that's so incredible to hear because one of the things that we were talking about in kind of in the pre-show was uh, how accountants or money pros think and that copywriting is probably not one of those skills kind of at the top of our skill set list. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it is just so uh, it, it's so surprising, but so awesome to hear that one of us made the move into this space. And so you have firsthand knowledge, I think, on a lot of the challenges that we have. And you think like we think because you're one of us. And so mm -hmm. um, you also mentioned when you were just telling us how you got started, you mentioned sales pages. And so I, I really wanted to get clear on what a copywriter does or kind of what copywriting is we know it's not the legal piece, but I know that there are things like your website and your sales pages and regular content, social media. It's, are all of those things considered copywriting? Yeah, so um, I would love to answer that. Um, give just a couple of things um, and a couple of like sub terms too that will help you um, be able to, if you're somebody listening who wants more help in a certain area of your business with writing, then you'll be able to like express that better to find the right person. Um, but copywriting is, and I'm surprised I kind of be, became a copywriter too, because even though I was like a complete nerd and total like straight A honors kid, I never, like English was always my least favorite and writing essays was like hell to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it was like, honestly, it's been very surprising and like slowly also I during my journey you'll see this if you look me up on social media but I be, um, got saved and I am a Jesus girl now um, but even through that I'm like wow God really gave me this gift for a reason so I'm working on stewarding it um, but I never thought it's it's different if you're somebody listening and your only exposure to writing was like in college or something like that like this writing is different um, and it's probably going to be a little more enjoyable to you because it's not like writing a five-page essay on a topic you don't care about. Thank um, the Lord. Right? <laughs> I mean, who has time for that these days? Um, and so really copy is writing, like how I define it, is writing that gets people to take action, especially in like the business context. Um, so it's stuff, is writing that will um, incite them to take some kind of action and you know, maybe we'll get into this more later, but you get to decide like what action that is. And that's one of the key important first steps before you even sit down to write something is understanding where you want people to go. Um, and so that's in general, um, but underneath the umbrella of copy, there's um, other terms that are more a little, little more of like the technical terms um, for different types of copy. Um, but for example, like I've occasionally had people come to me and be like, oh, do you, you know, can you help me write my book? Or when they hear me say I'm a copywriter, they're like, oh, maybe you can help me write my book. Like we're in like a networking convo. And it's like, no, <laughs> I don't, I can't I like, that's different. That's like so different than writing like an email. So, um, so anyway, I would say that there's people that copywriters have different specialties, just like money pros probably have different specialties industry wise, or like specific types of things that they do with people. Um, and so 
the ones that are, you might be most likely to work with, um, in your business would probably be, um, I guess a ghostwriter if you want to write a book, cause some people do mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, or, um, a content writer, which would be more of like blogs, longer form stuff. Like you want to get published in Forbes or something, but you don't really want to write the article. So you'd probably be writing, finding more of like an article writer or, so, or you do want to learn how to do it, but you want to learn from the right kind of person. You'd be looking for like a content writer, an SEO expert to figure out like blogging and longer form stuff. Um, and then, you know, there's also um, direct response copywriting is kind of what I would say I do. And that would be more like um, punchy, you know, short emails to, to offer something or sales pages, landing pages, um, that kind of a thing. Direct response is a, is a common term for it. Um, And so it's important when you do want help with something, whether you're trying to learn more about how to do it yourself or outsource it, that you like lead, lead with that in the conversation. If you're starting to talk to somebody that way, you can like easily decide if they're the right person or not. And they can also decide. So you're not like, you know, earlier on, I would get into like long back and forth with people. And then I would find out, oh, they want, you know, a bunch of blogs or something, which isn't something I typically do. I'm more of the email direct response kind of person. Um, so that's like a helpful tip for anyone listening. Um, if you're looking for more info and I, and I have, so I have a lot of questions around kind right. of getting started and, and yeah. so, but that is super, super helpful. And you, <laughs> and you mentioned the difference between kind of ghostwriting versus copywriting. And one of the areas that I was wondering about was what about in, I know most of our clients or yeah, most of our listeners are, are money pros, but what about when you're developing courses or programs, um, the person who helps you kind of create the content for those things, is that person considered a copywriter or is it more of a, I think I've heard it term like instructional design or something like that, but the, the actual like slides and content that's included is that, a, would a copywriter do that? Or is that someone else? I would say that that is still, you could, you know, argue that it's a copywriter, um, but probably more of a different focus than like, like if you're going to launch a course, for example, you probably will be most likely to want a direct response or copywriter for the front end marketing side for like the sales page and the emails And then, you know, and again, like this is, it's kind of fluid where obviously like certain people might do more of these things and some certain people might be more focused in just one area. Um, And then it probably is a different kind of person if they're really specialized that would help you build out actual course materials and stuff like that, Um, which, you know, I have heard instructional design as well as one of the titles those people tend to use. Um, But of course, like I said, it's possible to find someone that would do like all of that, you know, depending on. Um, maybe they're just like a course expert and they're great at marketing it and also creating and guiding. So, gotcha. um, but that's like really a great distinction to make. Like I want to make a course, you know, okay. Are you looking for help on the marketing side or the actual creation, you know, getting your ideas out there? That's good stuff. Okay. So I work with brand new money pros. I work with folks who have a little more experience, um, that might be ready to uh, go from side hustling because they worked in corporate and now they're ready to go full time um, to those who have been in the business for a really long time. And it's not often that I have a client that has already been working with a copywriter. Uh, my, I'm curious to know when is the best time or like kind of stage in a business to consider bringing in someone to help you with your copy? Yes. So I love answering this. Um, I would say that you want to be in a space. And I mean, I think your audience would definitely appreciate this um, with any investment you're making in your business. You like, if you want to do it smartly, you want to be able to think about, okay, am I going to get a return on this? Um, And so I think with copy, um, I'm just going to like kind of assume it's to get somebody to write for you. Um, So it's not like you buying a course or something, but you're going to want somebody to write for you and kind of outsource that completely. Um, And so you want to think about, do I know like what offer I'm going to be selling and like, 
you know, can I get a return on the investment that could be like a few thousand dollars or more, to be honest, is not crazy. Um, of course, you can, like, as with anything, you can find a range of price points and people charging, you know, hourly and things like that, which a lot don't, but maybe a more junior person will charge hourly. Um, but let's just say that you're, you know, going to spend $4,000 on like an entire launch copy or something, um, but, which is not like crazy. Um, you want to think about, okay, what's my offer? And like, do I have a list to market it to? Like, am I pretty confident that I can, you know, if it involves a sales call, for example, am I pretty confident if I get somebody on the phone in front of me, like, you know, I have a good chance of converting them, you know, that's if they're an ideal person, that kind of a thing you want to think that through. Um, and so I feel like people kind of, they feel a little more like, they've wasted their money if they don't get results right away. But sometimes they're the people that don't know their message. They don't know their offer. And then as a copywriter, it's like pulling teeth to try and get that info. And then, you know, doing the best that I can with what I'm given, but you shouldn't lean on your copywriter as like, well, I'm outsourcing my copy now. So it should just be like, you know, 10 X what it was or whatever. Cause we can still only do as best as we can with what we have in the beginning. <laughs> So, so that yeah. brings up a that brings up a thought for me because yeah. I've always wondered. So, should when you talk about pulling, you know, pulling teeth, um, is is it a copywriter's job to help their client find their find that message or find that voice, or do I need to know? and be crystal clear on my tone, my, my voice, and be able to explain that to you so you can really pick up and just run? Or is it part of your job or do you take it upon yourself to help me develop that or understand mm -hmm. it better or be able to explain it? This would be, this is a great conversation. So I'm glad we went in this direction. Um, you definitely want to know like, your copywriter is a professional, so they should have some processes in place and things like that. And so I definitely do have processes in my, in when I work with somebody to get to know them and talk to them and, you know, it's okay if they don't have everything like completely nailed down. Um, and like, I, for me personally, I definitely do best when they at least know like what their offer is, even if they you know, I'm assuming they have ways they can uplevel it, you know, if it's mm -hmm. up there earlier on in their business and they know that maybe the messaging could use more refinement or whatever, but they're like, Hey, you know, I just want you to come in and do this copy. And I've already sold this offer before. So at least we know like it sells, you know, I just want to uplevel everything. Um, but I still, you know, I need help kind of refining it and really getting things on paper. Cause I, I do find that people give me feedback about the people, the clients I work with give me feedback about you know, appreciating the questions I ask and they think about things in a different way. And that is part of my job. So that does help evoke some of the messaging. So I guess to answer your question, um, it's not like you have to have everything perfectly nailed down. Um, I mean, if you do great, like, then, I mean, that does make the job easier in a way um, if you're like super certain on everything, but if you're not, that's okay. I think the key though, is that you do have like a reasonable understanding of what the offer is. Um, ideally, if it's your first time by, you know, getting a copywriter, it might be best to do it with something you already know sells for you and you just want to up-level it um, versus something completely that you haven't tested or proven really. Um, and then knowing like your ideal client also like at least at a high level and then your copywriter will probably ask questions um, or maybe even might perform some research on their own to get more info on the person. But it just like, if you feel you don't have any clarity on your offer or who you're wanting to talk to, again, I'm, a copywriter can probably try to work with you, but I don't know if it's like the best use of your money and your time. Yeah. And, and so have you ever had the experience where you had to say, or consider saying you're probably not ready for me or for the work that I do. And, um, I'd much rather you get that clarity that you need so you can get the most ROI um, on your investment. So um, have you ever had to kind of say, let's get some work done before we get started? So this works out for both of us. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would say uh, I haven't ever really had a position where I've like 
gotten, you know, signed somebody and everything and then had to like part ways for that reason. But I do have like a lot of checks and balances in my process before we get to that point. Um, but I definitely get a lot of inquiries, you know, organically, um, you know, mm-hmm. like at least about one a week. And a, a lot of the times they're maybe falling into that category where they're not quite ready. Um, and, you know, I was just talking to somebody, for example, um, maybe like last month on social media, you know, I, I got connected with them and then I just through digging and asking questions, which I finally have learned what to ask after five years. Um, you know, I found out what she wanted help with and it was kind of like, um, one of those funnels, like slow funnel, they call it. That's like a low ticket item that you run mm-hmm. ads to. And, you know, the idea, the sexy idea is that people, you know, you're basically getting paid to run your ads because there should be enough people buying the offer that it covers your ad spend. Right. Um, right. And plus all the people getting on your list have actually bought something, which is great too. Um, so it's definitely not a bad idea. And like, obviously you see them all over the place if you get ads mm-hmm. for them. Um, but she was just like, basically she was, and I ended up asking her, okay, that's great. But like, what do you want to lead them to after? Because that's not really ever going to be anybody's like the only thing they do, right. They should have an offer after. And she just had no clarity. You know, she was just kind of looking into doing it because she thought it sounded good. You know, it sounded like- And it's what everybody else is doing. Which everyone (laughs) thinks, I mean, sure, it sounds great, but I actually know on the back end, like how much work it takes to sometimes get that nailed in and nailed down, um, something like that. So- Anywho, um, I ended up driving her towards like an, one of those products. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. so funny, like a slow product about slows, um, about like how to create an offer and everything. So, um, which isn't even anybody I know personally, I just gave her that to check out. Um, yeah. so that's an example of like, just some people, you know, obviously if you're there and you're listening and you're like, I don't really know what I'm <laughs> you know, doing either. That's totally fine. Um, but that's just to give you a, something to strive for, like, knowing your offer and your ideal client base, um, is really great. And there are people, um, that just like coaches usually, but there are some that specialize in getting you clear on your messaging. Um, but the one thing to know about your messaging too, and like that basic stuff of what's your offer and who are you selling it to is it will evolve over time. So I do see people get stuck in, and I don't know if you've seen this too, um, but people getting stuck in like, um, you know, trying to get it perfect and not mm-hmm. taking action. And part of how you perfect it is by taking action and maybe even signing people. And you're like, Oh, I didn't like working with that person. I wonder why. <laughs> and like, maybe I won't do that again. And refine. Yeah. I w- that's the, that's <laughs> the same challenge that I have with kind of explaining with articulating what my particular voice is. I, I don't know that I could really explain it to someone soup to nuts, but I can tell you what feels good and what doesn't when I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I were to get a sample, I could say, yeah, this doesn't feel like me at all. Or mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say something like this, but I couldn't from the beginning, like explain, mm-hmm. you know, my voice is this or that. I could tell you what I want to say. I just mm-hmm. don't know that I have the actual awareness to be able to explain that. Um, and so you're right. It's not about being perfect out of the gate it's really about going through iterations mm-hmm. and figuring those things out and and being aware and um and, and noticing those things and before we move um move on too quickly i wanted to explain when you said a slow funnel i don't i, oh, yeah. I want to make sure that that our listeners know it's not a slow s l o w yeah, funnel. It's a slow <laughs> SLO funnel. So the acronym is for self liquidating offer funnel. Um, yeah. So that's what Holly was explaining that as you uh, run ads to that low price uh, product or offer, um, those uh, those sales from that actually pay for those ads. And so it self liquidates. Um, so I just wanted to make anyway. sure that everybody... <laughs> I wanted to make sure that in case somebody didn't understand what, yeah, no, that's good. That's what, um, all right. So can we jump really quickly into a rapid fire, this or that? Yeah. All right. Awesome. I try to make these really easy and really fun. Um, let's go blue jeans or sweatpants or yoga pants. Probably yoga pants. Yeah. Me too. Me too. All right. Tacos or pizza. I definitely eat tacos more. I mean, I live in San Diego, so that helps. You can't help it. 
<laughs> All right. Um, movies, comedy or drama? Oof, drama. Okay. All right. <laughs> Are you a high heels or sneakers girl? Sneakers. I have so many <laughs> pairs of Vans. You'd be like laughing at me if I showed you my closet. <laughs> So the other thing that I was going to ask with that, I know I'm, I always slow down my rapid fires, yeah. um, but I'm from Philadelphia originally. I know you live in San Diego and I was going to initially say heels or tennis shoes um, because I know some people don't say sneaker, don't call them sneakers. They call them tennis shoes. So um, <laughs> California is sneakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I would say, well, tennis shoes, I'd think like, oh, I'm my running shoes or something. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Casual. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And this, you kind of alluded to earlier in our conversation, but are you a pen and paper person or a keyboard person? I would say definitely pen and paper when I'm like, I mean, I type so much all day, so I definitely do that too. But if I'm like going to take notes and I'm, you know, listening to somebody or a lecture, I would do pen and paper. Okay. And are you team Apple or team Android? Apple. I know the answer. <laughs> I'll tell you I know the answer in a second. <laughs> and you live in San Diego, but snowball fight or water balloon fight? Probably snowball. Get it's out! Like, it's so novel to me. It's like novel and fun because I've barely okay. done Okay. So the reason that I know your team Apple is because we hang out on Clubhouse. <laughs> so. Oh, right. Oh, yes. yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting so. that they don't have an Android to get with the program. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's taking them so long. I think that it's coming, though, at some point this That's year. But that was a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> I love doing those because it gives our listeners an opportunity to get to know our guests on kind of just like that fun personal level, too. You know, we're, yeah. um, I love to bring in people who are really great at what they do, but I also want our listeners to um, to get the fact that we're all humans, we're all people, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I love to have some fun. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, what's the difference in your opinion as a professional, what's the difference between good copy and great copy? <laughs> um. Yes, I love this answer. And I'm going to give you guys a little trick that people love it when they hear when they hear me share it. Um, so the difference between good copy and great copy is um, really knowing your ideal client and really making it all about them, you know, not about you, but about them and, you know, knowing what their struggles are, knowing what they want, you know, and really speaking into that in different ways. So that's, you know, can obviously be its own training all in of itself. Um, but one very simple trick that I tell people that really helps, um, um, if you're, especially if you're writing your own copy, you can like implement this in your review process, um, is to look at any time that you've said I, or my, or something like I've, you know, I'm my, mine, like different versions of those, but I and my, um, have you said that? And can you take it out? You know, cause you really can take it out 90% of the time and it really makes a difference. Um, and so the example I always like to use is a really common one that I see people write in their own copy, um, you know, is join, join my new program about building your money pro business. Um, and it's, you know, it doesn't sound, sounds kind of benign. Cause it's like, Oh, you're just saying my program and it's your program. That makes sense. But even just you saying my program, it does something psychologically where it's like the person reading reads it and they're like, well, is it my program? Can I be in it? Like, is it really, mm-hmm. you know, they're not thinking all of that consciously, but, you know, it does make it about you to even say my that one time. And that context is super easy to take it out. Like you can say, you know, this program is for money pros who want to grow their business or I know it's a really generic example. But so just, just take it out altogether. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. try and switch it to your or anything like that, but just take it out altogether. You, well, I would in that case, and um, but you can sometimes change it to like you, like kind of put the reader in the position that they're already doing that thing or something mm-hmm. that can work mm-hmm. as well. But basically okay. you want to just take out, I, I didn't, yeah, use not on that list. So you can sometimes say, you know, use that, but I and my, or forms of those, it's like, usually you can remove it. Even if you're telling a personal story, there's ways to remove it, you know? So 
Gotcha. Is that a whirl? Because I find people just saying that so often in their writing and, you know, usually it's a lot more places than just that one sentence and it just really helps to take it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about really understanding your ideal client, right? And mm-hmm. obviously knowing what that journey is like for them. But I'm thinking about brand new money pros, um, you know, maybe somebody who currently is working in a corporate job mm-hmm. and hasn't, you know, worked with a lot of clients. They may have some family or friends or a friend of a friend who's become a client, but it's been through personal knowledge or something like that. Yeah. And so they haven't had an opportunity to really understand that customer journey, what those pain points might be. What do you suggest for someone who's just starting out and they, you know, they want to sell their service. They want to be able to convey uh, what they can do for their clients, but they don't really know or aren't really able to articulate what the biggest pain points are to really draw that interest in. What do you suggest for somebody like that to do? Um, I would say, you know, the, the common advice out there, which I don't think is bad, like it definitely can work is to do like free market research calls. If you can find people that are aligned with who you think you want to, you know, work with. Um, so say you do want to like transition into helping like the person I pay every single month for like two years, (laughs) that does my Mm -hmm. bookkeeping and like, just like got me set up on payroll and she's been like such a blessing. Um, so you can like find some coaches that might need financial help and like, see if they'll do a free call with you and you can ask them questions. Maybe you already know like people that you have acquaintances with. So they'll be willing to do that. And it's, um, you know, you want to ask, you really want to get, so say you book an hour long call with somebody, you, if you were to do that, my tip would be focus on, you know, what do they want and what's stopping them. And it's always better to ask a question and then keep going deeper in that question versus trying to have like a list of 10 questions and figure out little short answers for each one. Um, it, it better be t- for you to go deeper and just keep asking why after they answer, like, what do they really want in this area? You know, why do you want that? Why do you want that? And like going down like deep in that. Um, so that would be how to run a call like that. And you always want to record it, definitely record it so you can refer back. Um, but I'm kind of a fan of like getting paid to do stuff. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. like getting paid. Um, and when you ask for a payment, it, you can really see if like what you're posting about or messaging, whether you're like sending someone a direct message or posting, like if it's working. Um, and so, and then, you know, don't take it personally, if it doesn't work, you can just use it as feedback that like the point I hit on didn't really work. Let me try again with something else. And so an example of that would be like, can you, you know, obviously you need to have an idea of kind of what you want to do a little bit. Um, but can you boil that down into something that would be like, say an hour long call and like you charge a hundred dollars for it or something, but you can, you know, post all day about, would you buy this if it was available and get people saying yes. But if you actually ask them to shell out like a hundred dollars <laughs> or something, well, they do. Even, even though it's not a ton of money, like if you actually ask them to, then that's a different story. Cause you can really mm-hmm. see if it converts. So you can practice different messaging to see if people buy it. And then also like kind of see, you know, what works. So I've done that in my own business. Um, but then those calls, you can actually, you know, give advice on whatever you said you would for an hour. Um, but you can, you know, also really be listening and you can record it and you can, you know, build it in a way like to find out what they're struggling with in an area. And who knows, maybe you'll want to make them an offer after. <laughs> for something. I love it. I love it. Um, I really think like getting out of the kind of, not passive, but like just the info gathering stage where you're just doing things for free or you're offering to do free work or something, which I know people do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like getting out of that as quick as possible into actually like, how can I do something and, you know, charge for it, even if it's small to just that and also really see if what I'm charging for works. Plus then you have the fun of like, promising something and not charging enough for it. And then it sucks. And you're like, wow, I get to raise my rates because this sucked, but you won't know that until you make that mistake. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is really good. And I, yeah, you might as well generate revenue, um, for while you're at it. Um, 
so you don't feel like you spend so much time grinding your wheels and um, and don't you have the answers or the responses hopefully that you want but you don't really have mm-hmm. um, anything else to show for it so I totally totally agree with you Some of and the that best... oh sorry no go ahead go ahead okay. <laughs> some of the best things to do for something if you were like oh I want to offer a paid call like for an hour or two hours I mean basically you're doing an audit, probably that's not the best word to use because people don't know what that is outside of the financial world, mm-hmm. uh, but basically an audit or a review. And then you can actually learn a lot while still providing a service to them, but you can learn a lot for your brain that will help you with your copy later. So if you were like, you know, well, let's just review like what financial systems do you have in place? You know, and we'll just look, you know, look through it for two, two hours. Like you'll walk me through your whole process, you know, and then on that call, you find out that they don't have anything. They have like Mm -hmm. a spreadsheet and they have, you know, they use their personal card and they don't have a business card for every transaction. And like, you know, if you end up selling that review to like 10 people and they all have that kind of scenario where they don't even have anything and they don't even have like a business account. I mean, that's like a different story. To it tells you find a lot. out that like all 10 people actually at least they have like a wave system I don't know I'm trying to throw terms out there that I don't know what you guys see no it's that'll just that- give you such great feedback while you still provide a service versus you know having to just do you know a free research call or exactly know, get anything and it's all for you And if you've recorded them all, you can really like take the time or, or have a VA or someone take the time and really pull out the, uh, the similar uh, things that you find. And so I think that that's a, that's a great idea. Um, and on the topic of money, and I, I know you talked a, briefly about this um, when we first got started, when, when you're looking to work with a copywriter, you mentioned a few thousand dollars um, being typical um, from a budget standpoint, let's say I'm looking to, let, let's say I've started it all. It's all pretty much garbage <laughs> and I need to, st- <laughs> I need to start over or I, ha- I don't have anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not necessarily looking to launch. Like I'm not going into a full blown launch. I'm just really trying to level set. What should I expect to pay a, a copywriter um, for something like that, like to just really get me stabilized or um, to get someone to a point where they're making a good first impression with what someone sees when they come to their website or their sales page, um, something like that. Are we, are we talking still about a couple of thousand dollars? Are we talking five grand? Mm -hmm. Um, Are we talking, you know, $150 an hour? Like, what are we, what are we looking at? Um, I would say it's just, it does vary like super widely. Um, so it's hard to say, um, but you, first of all, need to be clear on like what, which this could be through the sales process with that copywriter, or, you know, if, even if you're not like hundred percent clear yourself, but what are the, um, deliverables, deliverables going to be, well, <laughs> I didn't say that right. Deliverables mm-hmm. and, you know, what's really included, you know, and in, in terms of what they do. And so, usually, I mean, I shouldn't say usually, cause I don't know for sure, but I personally tend to quote like three different levels of service in terms of like the amount of deliverables. Like this is sort of what you mm-hmm. asked for. This is what you asked for. Here's like even a lower, maybe a lower option and a higher option. Um, and so you might see something like that, but I would say mm-hmm. like hourly, like a more junior copywriter could be like $50 an hour. Um, people that have more experience are probably going to be not even charging hourly, to be honest. Um, and then I would say like for a basic website, um, again, I'm throwing out ballparks. So sure. um, just ranges like home about sales page, you know, maybe a couple other shorter pages to like your contact page or something, you know, that probably would be it could be anywhere from, you know, 1500 to 2000 to beyond. Okay. Um, yeah. For like that kind of stuff. And then, yeah. That's yeah. I, I, and I just kind of wanted to really kind of put it out there in the atmosphere because what I don't, you know, I, I know that especially for, you know, our brand new folks, you know, coming out of corporate that have may have not really started to generate revenue mm-hmm. in their business. They're very budget conscious 
because we're money people, right? And so we're conservative, but I don't want anybody thinking that, you know, you can get a whole package of website copy and only pay, you know, 300 bucks or whatever you get, you know, you get kind of get what you you might be able to on Fiverr from somebody (laughs) that lives outside the U S you know, which Mm -hmm. maybe you can find a gem. Like I found gems on there before, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but just know, like another thing too, even if you're paying a lot for your copy or very little, like, and it's written for you. Um, and then I have another recommendation for people that aren't ready to invest that amount. Um, but if you are investing that amount, think about like, it's going to be 90% there and you get to add a little bit of your flair. Um, you know, I do think, obviously Mm -hmm. I do my absolute best to provide quality and like, you know, there could be an occasional typo in my copy. Like I'm human being (laughs) Mm -hmm. and things Mm -hmm. like that, or just people, sometimes I've worked with people that really was like, you know, they almost seemed like very shocked. They didn't like love it upon first review and like two things I would just say to that are first of all there's usually some revisions one or two or three revision rounds so you can get revisions and we kind of expect you to hopefully give us feedback to revise it um Mm -hmm. so there's that and then also like it's still your copy and you get to take ownership of it and so if you need to just you know make a couple of small edits where you want to say things a little differently like on your own when you're loading it in or whatever just you know, do it. You still got somebody Mm -hmm. else to write most of it. So it's like helpful, but I just think sometimes people are like, oh, it should, you know, or am I wrong for wanting to change it a little bit? And it's just like, right. They think it's supposed to be plug and play. Like, right. And like, we mm -hmm. definitely do our best and a lot of times we can nail it, but um, you know, if you want to change a word here or there, like, do you need to submit a revision for that? Or can you just change it when you load in your system? Like, yeah, it's like working with it's yeah. like working with a resume writer. Like there are some things that you wouldn't necessarily send back to get your resume revised, right? But that doesn't you mean just change it or add it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so there's that. But I would say, like, if you are just starting out and you're budget conscious, like you can do a lot yourself. Especially as a starting out, you really you might want to have a website, for example. But I'll be the first to tell you, like, I don't think the website is like the most important thing in the world to get you a client. And so I don't think you need to like spend a lot of money, like making it really perfect before you get started. Um, Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I even write, I don't do a lot of websites for people. So maybe that's why, because I think that, but um, (laughs) I just remember spending like so many thousands of dollars when I started on like a fancy photo shoot and a web design thing. And I just, it was not a good investment. Mm -hmm. So put me in the red, to be honest. And like, gotcha. I had to learn. Gotcha. But um, so that being said, I recommend that you look for like, you can definitely find extremely great like templates and, you know, from that include the design or just the copy um, from different web designers or copy people. You can find so many like templates and swipes for social posts and emails and websites and everything. And like, honestly, those tools aren't bad. I mean, I basically have my own library of my own that I use for everything, but Mm -hmm. like, I still like to get inspired by what other people do. And so the way you use a swipe or a template is to just have it as a guideline. Um, But then you, you know, make it your own and you kind of Mm -hmm. look at more, if you were looking at a website swipe, I would say you'd just be looking at oh, well, they kind of told a story here and they put a headline here and, but then you put your own stuff in there. So you're not like copying what they did. Right. Um, it really is a helpful starting point. If you're not ready to invest in your own, um, it'll help you like kind of break through any writer's block you have to get started. Um, awesome. Stuff. That's awesome. And I've, I've, I've seen a lot of those swipe, you know, packages and, and different like templates and stuff like that. And so I say, yeah, if it's going to give you the inspiration that you need, that you need, or give you kind of the, the jump start, the kickstart um, that you need, I would definitely a- agree with you. So, um, okay. So last question before we wrap up our copywriting chat, um, what would you say, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of being in a spot where you have, um, n- not so great copy. I won't call it garbage. I won't go that far, <laughs> uh, but not so great copy. Let's, let's say it's not converting on your sales page or, um, or your website or whatever the case may be. Is it your recommendation to scrap it all and start from scratch or little bits and pieces at a time um, to make it more manageable? Um, 
you know, and, and how do you decide kind of where to start fixing something? So um, I, it's really rare that you need to like scrap everything, but maybe you need to add some things to it. Um, And maybe you wrote it early on and you've actually served more people now. So you have more perspective. Um, And so first things first, um, are you even asking people to take action? I know that sounds basic, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I mean, you would be surprised at like how many times people might get frustrated about, you know, never hearing anybody comment on their social post or write back up to an email or whatever. And, you know, are they even asking for an action to be taken? You know, it doesn't always have to be to buy something. It could be booking a sales call. It could be getting a freebie, you know, any action, but are you even asking for them to take one, you know? So Mm -hmm. just like kind of looking at that first, you know, and seeing if tweaking that helps anything. Um, A lot of times too, and this is, you know, it's kind of like a chicken and the egg thing, but um, are you, do you even have an audience that is reading this stuff that you're putting out, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you feel like your website's not converting, but do people even visit it? You know, you feel like your social posts or emails aren't getting replies, but your email list is under a hundred people. You know, it's just like being real about some of that stuff. Like it's not mm-hmm. that that sucks. Or, I mean, obviously we all start somewhere, but just, you know, also be aware of like what you have going on on that front <laughs> too, gotcha. before you say that something's does not working at all. Um, and then back to the calls to action, um, you know, is it clear and do you only have one? Cause maybe you have multiple, sometimes people do that where they have, you know, multiple, like, Oh, follow me here and get this freebie here. And maybe if you want to book a sales call, do this all in like one post. Right. That, or then PS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that can be confusing. Um, or, you know, just be aware of that. It's not always like I never have multiple in something, but if it's like, I really want this email to create a sales call being booked. And then I have like three calls to action in it. That doesn't make sense. Whereas right. if I'm like, Hey, just sending out an email, like I want to nurture people and maybe I'll put three calls to action in the PS in case somebody takes one, but I'm mm-hmm. not like writing on it or anything, then that's more appropriate. Um, and then I would say after you kind of look at the call to action and also, you know, do you even have people that are seeing it? Cause that can be part of mm-hmm. it, especially if you're earlier on, then, um, then think about, okay, did I really, did I like really encapsulate things that they want or things that are stopping them? Like, am I providing a solution to help them get where they want? Or, you know, what, what does that look like? Like, am I giving enough of kind of value in this? That's another thing to look at. Awesome. Yeah. This has been so great. Um, And I'm sure we are going to have some listeners who will be interested in learning more about working with you. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how that can happen? I think um, in the pre-show, again, we talked about um, an offer that you have for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have a freebie as most people do on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's at learn with Holly. I have Holly with an IE. It's how you spell it. So learn with slash email dash bundle. Um, and so that's the URL and it's basically um, 12 prompts to write an email and then um, a guide on like how to write a great email. So this is really email focused. If you want to get into email marketing or just have something to look at side by side while you write an email, I break down, you know, what's the subject line? Like, what is that really supposed to do in the, like, what role does each part of an email play um, Mm -hmm. in the email? And that can help write better emails if you're struggling there. Um, And then the prompts are just different ideas of um, what you can write an email about. And you could also use them to like write a social post. I tend to write email and then I will for my own business, write the email, and then I'll post it on social media mm-hmm. <laughs> to get double duty. So, right. that yeah. That's a tip. You guys pick up on that. <laughs> Repurpose <laughs> as does. much as you can. <laughs> Repurpose as much as you can. Do not recreate the wheel if you don't have to. That's awesome. So we'll make sure that we get that URL in the show notes for, for everyone um, in case you missed it. So don't panic or anything like that. We'll make sure that it's in the show notes for you. I think that's awesome. Thank you so much for that, Holly. How else can we find you online? So you can check me out on Instagram. Um, Is that your play, a favorite place to be? I would say it's Instagram right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check me out there. It's just my name, um, H-O-L-L-I-E. 
and then T-K-A-C. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And I know you're on Clubhouse as well. Do you yes. have your own club? Do you have your own club on Clubhouse? Um, I do, but I honestly haven't grown it. Um, and I need to get more like, I kind of took a little break and now I'm getting back into like being on there regularly and trying to figure it out. Yeah. That's a whole rabbit hole that we will not go down today, yeah. <laughs> but I am in the same boat. Just know that. Cool. <laughs> um, and at the time of this recording, we're recording um, in early April, um, but I'm in the same boat. I, I feel like for the last 30, 45 days, I've just been on chill with Clubhouse yeah. a little bit, but it's now it's time to go back. So I totally get yeah. that. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. I've learned an incredible Good. amount today. I think that it's Good. this has been great. I know it's going to be more than beneficial. It's going to be um, incredible for our listeners. And I really am grateful that you came on a chat with me today and spent some time sharing about what it is that you do. And you surprised me and told me that you are one of us. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to be taking a lot of your advice for sure. And I know our listeners will as well. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, you guys, there you have it. That's it. Everything that you need to know about getting started and copywriting uh, for your your financial services business. Uh, Holly has been great. Uh, Like I just said, I appreciate her being here with us today. Uh, We're going to make sure that everything that you need is in the show notes in terms of getting in contact with her. And as always, be proactive be productive, be profitable, and we'll see you on next week's episode. Thanks so much, you guys. Bye for now. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other money pros just like you find the show and learn too. And if you want to hear more from me, Follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels and subscribe to my newsletter at sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter to get regular updates on what's happening in my world, weekly business development tips, and personal lessons I'm learning that can help you too. Again, that's sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter. That's it for this week. Remember, as always, be proactive be productive, and be profitable. See you next week.